We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NH says Chad Bode for GM. Honestly, Ryan, I've heard this before. I don't know if I'd want Chad as GM. I want him being able to do what he does now. My whole, my only concern money in his pocket. That's right. My concern is if if you bring in a GM and he wants to try to tell everybody what to do like that, I'm not, I'm not down for that. I'm not because Chad needs to keep doing it the way he's doing it, right? And and a GM, I don't want to see a GM that's going to come in and and be what like an NFL GM. It's going to have that. I want a GM that's going to. Hey, you make sure everybody's on the same page. That's your job. You're making sure everybody's on the same page. You're not bossing people around. You're making sure everybody's on the same page. I I, I just, I, I think that's what I would rather see. I don't want to see something like this. I, I think the word, I think the GM thing to me is, is a little bit overplayed and overdone for what this job should be. It's to me, it should be a, you should already have it. It's the director of player personnel. I mean, that's what this right. job should be. It should not be a GM. I think that's something that's in the figment of Jack Swarbrick's imagination that he has this grand plan that's going to be cool. And you're, you know, it's just another job for him to get one of his one of his lackeys to come in and have a a, a, a hammer in the football program so you can have more control of the football program. That's how I see it. I, I just I have zero faith that Jack Swarbrick's going to make that hire correctly. I, I, I none. I, I'm really interested to see how much power the general manager will have to your point brian because i mean the general managers i know to to your initial point is the ones running the nfl where they have complete authority over the roster right like they can do whatever the heck they want with the roster if they wanted to make a trade yeah usually those get signed off with the head coaches but a general manager can do that if he wants to if he's being just like backhanded as far as like making a trade if he wanted to right so How much power, I guess, the general manager has is going to be an interesting conversation to see. Yeah. I don't and know what I that just, answer is. I just have a, I have a bad feeling, knowing Jack Swarbrick and just his track record, that it's just going to be a way for him to kind of put someone that he can control into the football program. That That's my be, concern. That would be the worst case scenario. That Does that would that shock you at all? No, with what he's me. done and what we what you and I know of publicly and privately that he's done no it wouldn't at all yeah it wouldn't at all so that's why that position concerns me to be completely honest with you we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Ryan, let's let's move on to the next one. From Broke Neck Boy, would you prefer the green jerseys for the Ohio State game or the US or the USC game if you had to choose? Oh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, for sure. It's Ohio State? Uh, I, yeah. I, Notre Dame's green jersey success against USC has been a little hit or miss. True. In my lifetime point. anyway. You know That's what I mean? Point. I've got some bad memories. Uh, very, very bad memories of the green jerseys. 05 being the biggest one. First Notre Dame game I ever went to, uh, they wore the 77 throwbacks and they got annihilated like 38 to nothing. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Who are they playing that one? USC. USC. Got yeah, it. USC. Got it. Yeah. So no, I, 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 now I, they didn't actually say in that release, I don't believe that they're definitely wearing green jerseys, but you know, they did the thing last year that if you're going to wear green, you know, the, the, the team should also wear green, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess that means they're going to wear green for that game as well, which is cool. I just, I'm curious to see what green they actually go with. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Very interesting. So I didn't love, I, again, I just, it's the short, it's the pants, man. I, you know, what? I'm telling you, if they would go, if they would go white pants, green jersey, gold helmet with gold cleats and gloves, that would be so sweet. That would be so under the lights, yeah, under the lights, because it'll be a night I'm, game. I'm having a hard time visualizing it for some reason. Like I'm trying to That'd visualize it in my mind. It'd be so amazing. Hmm. So man, I asked my wife. Notre Dame was going to wear green jerseys for a game this year, right? Uh, green jerseys, the green jersey they have with the gold helmet with white pants, gold cleats, and gold gloves. Tell me that. Yeah, my wife digs it. My <laughs> wife digs it. Yep. See, she just said that's awesome. So that, that, so. That's that's the way it needs to be, then. <laughs> yes. As long as she's happy, that's all that matters. Happy wife, man. Happy wife. That's right. Sadie's down here, too. So, got the whole family down here for the mailbag now. So, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this, here we go. Let's get to some more here questions here. Speaking from, of green jerseys. Yep, from Chris Ayers. Am I bad that I don't like it when Notre Dame goes green? I don't love it, usually. I don't know. I, I, I dig it. I, look, I, I'm all for Notre Dame mixing up their jerseys. I do. I, I agree there. And, and I like I like green. I wish green was more a part of their jersey. I've said this before. My normal jersey for Notre Dame, I would have like the blue and the gold with like green gloves and green cleats. I, I just, I like the green as, you know, I don't, I, don't, I think you can overdo it. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the 2015 uniforms in person were sweet. They look so good in person, but then on TV, they look like crap. Cause you couldn't see the numbers and the names. Yeah. They were all green. Uh, you got to do it right. And I just, I don't like the gold, the ugly gold. Cause you know, I don't like those pants anyway, but you have those with the green and the gold. I just don't love those. I think there's been some green uniforms though, that I really like. And if, when they use the green correctly, it's really sweet. And so that's why I say, man, the white pants with green jerseys and gold helmets would be so, so sweet. Maybe it's because I've grown up a Philadelphia Eagle hater, but I have learned to dislike the color green. I think that might but be that's what it a is. darker green. Kelly green, I know. like it's Irish not the same shade. Like really, really, I think a lot. Yeah, pops a lot. It's like more I, like the Boston Celtic green. You know, it's yeah. more like that. I don't. I don't mind some green to accent things. I just maybe maybe just as the main color. I, I'm not yeah. a big fan of. So. Only as a throwback. I wouldn't want green to be the main color all the time. I just like one game a year. I kind of like that. You know, the whole stadium's green. The players are in green. I think that's pretty cool, man. I I do. You know, especially if you can start getting Notre Dame fans more on board with actually wearing <laughs> everyone wearing green. They did and a go, decent job of the, the games. Well, and then of course, like you know, Penn State. Do you know how they get everyone to wear white? They give everyone a white shirt, correct? Sure. Isn't sure, that how they do it? The white, but the Notre white Dame outs, won't do yeah. that. Notre Dame won't do that. No, 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 no. They're they they that they they they're not going to give anything for free. That's that, how Notre that's, Dame. I, I give Penn State very little credit sometimes, man. But the whiteouts are pretty yeah. sick. <laughs> it's pretty sick yes. when they have a whiteout game. <laughs> yes. yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to uh, Tom Connor. If they break out, what unit would be the most important? To me, it's the defensive line. If they're decent, nine to ten wins. If they're really good, Notre Dame makes the playoffs. Defensive line's a big what? one. It's a big one. Tom. Yeah, quarterback yep. is a big one. I mean, yeah, we, we can't just we discount. Were asked this yesterday. I mean, look, 
you put Sam Hartman on last year's football team, and yeah. I think they're at worst eleven and one. Agree there. Yeah. Sorry, at worst they're probably a playoff team last yep. year, just with him. So I think that's the biggest one. I, yeah, I think it's that's quarterback huge. And we have such high expectations of what Sam Hartman's going to do. But at the end of the day, look, we still need to see it, right? We've never seen a Notre Dame uniform, so you still need to see it. But defense line's a great one, Tom. I mean, you need defense line to take a massive step forward. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's one. Here's an interesting one, Ryan. John asks, you you have just become the new athletic director for Notre Dame. What are the first two things you do? Hmm. Uh, First thing I do, Mike Mickens gets a huge pay raise. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Dylan McCullough gets a pay raise. Chancey Stuckey gets a pay raise. Chad Bowden gets a pay raise. Uh, that's first things first. Yeah. I'm up, I'm doing whatever I need to do, talking to donors, whatever to uh, up the overall salary structure of the staff. And then Marcus Freeman can decide what to do with it. Uh, cause, and it's not just for, I mean, Mickens and those guys actually need pay raises, but also I want to make sure that Freeman has the ability to expand the back office stuff as well. I'm, I'm, I'm raising money here and it would be so easy to do this, raise an extra $10 million a year for them to expand that back office. No problem. Or allocate some of the tons of money that the program makes. Hey, how about we revert, you know, avert 10 million of it to this football team, the actual football team. Imagine that, right? A crazy concept. <laughs> There's a lot of different things I would do there. I'd have to find out the the specifics of the budget and different things like, okay, do we, can we allocate this money from other places? Do we need to raise it? Whatever we need to do, we're getting it done. We're getting right. it done. That's the first thing to expand the, the entire on-field and off-field staff. That's the first thing. Uh, I am. I'm going to do that. Uh, next thing I would do is, as the AD, I'm reassigning Ron Paulus. I'm reassigning Dave Poloquin outside of the football office. They're out of the football office uh, for me. Those are a couple of the first things that I would do. Um, yeah, the first things that pop in my head. And then, the, then I'm going to have some fun with the schedule moving forward. That that'd be the next thing. Is I'm going to look at the schedule and be like, okay, we're going we're dropping Stanford. Okay, no more Stanford. Uh, so that's that's done. I would be I would have a heart to heart conversation with USC and say, okay, here's the deal. Uh, you guys are going to the Big Ten now, so there's a good chance you're going to be playing in November in the in the snow. So here's what you're going to do. This whole playing here in the middle of October crap is for the bird. It's it's that's gone. That's done. We're playing you last game of the year here and there. Because hey, you can't avoid playing in this in the cold now because you're in the Big Ten. You're going to sure. be in. So you're, now you're going every year, last game of the year, our place. You're coming here last game of the year every year. Like we have to go out to see you after Thanksgiving every other year. That would be another thing I would flat out do right now. Because here, do you want to be playing in South Bend in the, in the late November where you kind of have an idea of what's going on? Or do you want to get stuck playing in Happy Valley or Rutgers or someplace like that in, in the last last week of November? That's what I would do. I'm a hundred percent on board with getting some of the assistant coaches and staff members more compensation. If they're, if they are exceeding expectations, right? Cause you mentioned guys that are exceeding their pay grade at this point. I mean, Brian, we just went through a whole off season, man, where you lost a couple coaches, but then there was a couple other coaches that you're like, man, they might leave because it's, you have to make it a more attractive job, man, from a compensation perspective, you and know, don't like, wait till they get interest from somewhere else to offer yeah. them a pay raise. Exactly. Right. Like I was exactly. told, Hey, look, when, you know, as soon as Mason was getting contacted by the Colts, we told him we'll do whatever we need to do to get, how about you do that beforehand? Ohio yeah. state just gave Ohio state has now, I believe has five assistant coaches making seven figures. That's wild. Notre Dame has what? One. Maybe. Yeah. I don't even know if they have any at this point in time because Tommy Reese left and he stand left. I don't I don't know if they have any. I don't even know if he stand was making it. I don't think they have, I don't know if they have any that are making a million dollars. Probably at is. This point they, pro- they probably don't. They probably don't. So, I'm not thinking through my lines. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's uh you know, they're doing better than they used to, but not nearly good enough. Not yeah. nearly good enough. And that's abs hundred percent on the athletic director. 100% on the athletic director. Yep. So, yes, that would be a big change. Make big make, change it, for make it more attractive for good coaches to stay. That's yeah. all it is. Well, man. the other thing, too, is I would, uh, as an AD, here's another thing that I'll do. I would have right. a different con- – I'd have a contract for the uniforms. I'd have an apparel deal for the uniforms, and I'd have a different apparel deal for shoes. That's something I would definitely do for me, right? That would be something I would do. I would do. I would work hard 
to get Notre Dame to CBS or Fox as my new TV deal and away from NBC. Flat out, I would work hard to do that. May not happen. NBC may still be the best deal, but yeah. I would work hard to make that happen. And then the other thing I would do is I would change uniforms. I would make some changes. I would modernize the uniforms a little bit. I would. But that'd be part of the apparel deal. Sure. And and give the staff a little bit more freedom to, you know, have some fun. I'm not all for crazy alternate uniforms every year, but I mean, give me that one game where we can use an alternate uniform at home. And and that's where I say, like, get the white pants, the green jerseys, and the gold helmets kind of thing, right? Mix things up like that. That I think that stuff's fun. But more often than not, I'm the traditional blue and gold. I like that. But I'd like to have a little bit more fun with that. I would. I would. I think there'd be a lot of fun. Those are all things that I would do if I was athletic director. So, Love which it. I'll never be. So, but still, it's fun <laughs> to think about. It's fun to think about. All right. Let's see here. Um, David Lowe. Here we go. David Lowe says, "Do y'all see Notre Dame taking any players in the portal in the spring? After the spring, David, it's possible. I mean, there's going to. I think Notre Dame's going to see how some things shake out. You know, like if." Yeah. if I mean, we talked about the safety position for one, right? You know, now that Brandon Hillman's not no longer, a, you know, part of the program moving forward, it's like, could you be in the conversation for a safety after spring? Depends, but like, you know, did Clarence Lewis Lewis move to, to safety? Did Ryan Barnes? Did the safeties take a step forward? Did they, you know, remain healthy coming out of spring? Like, there's a lot of factors that kind of go into those decisions. You know, interior defensive lines—a conversation that people are all going to have. But I also think that. It's a good balance for me, Brian, because it's like I'm always going to be open to it, right? Like if a good, a really good player hits the portal and the fit makes sense, like, yeah, I'm going to explore that opportunity, that conversation, but I'm not going to force a number if, if I'm, if I am settled with what we have on the roster, just to add a player. If that makes sense, I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. Yes, it yeah. does make sense. All right, we got a super chat here from uh, Nathan Milton, Ryan, and um, let's see here. I'm trying. He had a follow up to that, oh, and gotcha. to, to clarify, to clarify, I think he something he said was not. He wanted to say something different, so let me. And I did not put the clarification in here, so just give me one second. So, um, yep, he said he meant uh, 22 season 22 for season. the excuses. Gotcha. That's what okay. the clarification was. All right. So from Nathan Milton, he says, "Do you think 2024's class is the best in, in the last?" Um, do you think 24's class is best in the last 20 years? Will, will it end up being best 24, 20 years? What excuses? I know, man, I can't, I can't read right it's now. My good. apologies. I was I'm shaking a, my head at you. I was yeah. shaking. I was, uh, I was kind of already starting to answer the question. Yeah. What excuses would Brian Kelly have used for the 2022 season if still coaching at Notre Dame? IB has great team. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for that, Nathan. 2024 as of right now no i don't think it'll be their best class in 20 years i i'm not even sure it's going to be better than the 23 class i mean because like last year at this time look i'll just say this they got to get going they got to get going if al washington al golden step up to the plate and chris o'leary step up to the plate then it'll have a chance no doubt yeah yeah but that's the area i'm just not as overly i'm not as optimistic about as it being better than last year's class uh, certainly don't think it's going to be better than the 08 or the 13 class. Now it's got a chance to be really good and it's off to a great start, but they got to close. And I'm just right now, like Ryan, you and I can sit here and talk. I outside of Cole Sullivan, is there a linebacker? That's like, yeah, they're going to get that guy is outside of Bryce young. Maybe, maybe the Smith twins. And that's even a, maybe, is there any big time defensive lineman? You're like, yeah, Oh, they're definitely gonna get that guy. Now, do I still think that they've got a really good shot with Justin Scott? Of course I do. Yeah. But am I optimistic that Al Washington is going to win that battle? No, I'm not. Sure. And so uh, that's the thing is I, I just, those guys got to step up and get the job done in my opinion. And on also it's hard for me to have them have the best class ever when I just don't think it's a great year nationally. Yeah. I just don't think that 24 is a great year. And so they're going to have to, the reason that matters is you're going to have to hit on an even higher percentage of the guys you want to have that great class in a year like this. Yeah. In my opinion. Right, because I'm not talking about recruiting rankings. I'm talking about just you and I being able to evaluate the film and evaluate the team and say, "Yeah, that's a great, that's a great year." Because to your point, that's what I mean. Because to your point, there's a there's a realistic chance that Notre Dame has a better point total on like two four seven sports, for instance, this year than last year. But that wouldn't necessarily be indicative that it is a better class than last year. It's just that guys maybe are ranked higher because it's not as deep a class as maybe what it was in 2023. If that makes sense, Milton, I hope, I hope that does make sense. But yeah. so, yeah, I think that there's some context. I mean, at the end of the day, man, like 
I, we're going to sit down and we're going to discuss this, you know, in volume, obviously, right when the final number comes out. But I think it has a shot, right? Like there's a shot, but you have to hit on Justin Scott. You got to hit on a couple of the impact receivers on the board. Maybe you make headway on the officials with uh, Elijah rushing, for instance. And like that flips the the script a little bit, right? Like that would be very monumental potentially for Notre Dame. So a lot of dependent. Ryan, we're really down on Al Washington, but here's the reality. Al Washington, and I'm going to, the article I referred to, I'm going to have it up tomorrow. It's going to come up tomorrow, but it's basically like, okay, I've been down on Al Washington. It's a big year for him. Here's what he can do to win over Notre Dame fans and just lay out some things. There are guys on the board for him to completely change the narrative as a recruiter. And you already mentioned them, right? Justin, if he gets Justin Scott and Elijah rushing with Bryce young and Owen Wafel, dude. Yeah, bro. Great job. Great job. You know, if you go out and get the most out of the Vipers that they're capable of, if you're able to, to do the things we've talked about yesterday, breaking down the D line, Al Golden can Al Washington go from a guy that, that that's a whipping boy by fans rightfully so him and Al Golden both to okay dude hey you're you're killing it man you're you're doing a great job get her done keep doing it you know I mean and there's guys in this class that he has a chance to do that with yeah I would say I'd still want to see you know maybe maybe one more guy maybe a fifth D lineman in this class you know and, and who would that be I, I don't know but I mean if you if you get a lot if you get Elijah rushing Justin Scott Owen Wafel in the same class because like all those guys have high floors. I, I, have, right? like, I have Owen Wafel as a top one hundred and fifty guy. Yeah. I like Owen Wafel a lot after watching this junior and, film. And all and those guys, a high ceiling guy like Bryce Young, in yeah. with that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say if if you have three of those guys that have higher floors too, like I mean, there's a pretty high percentage that just Scott's going to be a dude on the next level, right? Like there's a pretty high percentage. Oh, and Wafel is at least going to be a good starter, most likely during his Notre Dame right. career. Elijah rushing has a pretty high floor. You could take a gamble on a, maybe a tools here, dude. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe this isn't a perfect example, but like maybe a Malachi Williams is a guy sure. that like a 210 oh, like pound defensive end right now, but like, come on over brother. Like let's develop right. that. You know? Mayo. There's a lot yes. of those high, low floor, high ceiling guys. It's just right now. I don't have any faith that he's going to do that. Yeah. That's really what it boils down to, guys, is I just don't have any faith that right now, as of right now, based on what we know, hopefully this changes. I don't have a lot of faith that I'll go now and watch her get that job done. Hopefully and same it's with a- Chris O'Leary, if we're being honest. I mean, sure. uh, the only guy on defense right now that has any kind of proven track record, and, mm-hmm. and Archer was kind of talking about this in the chat, and, and this is one of the concerns I had about Al Washington. So, well, he did – look at the oh, the linebacker class he had at Ohio State. Like, they were all Ohio guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you can't recruit Ohio guys at Ohio State, like, you, you're in the wrong profession. So I I don't put as much stock in that. And so to me, it's like I have it's possible they could have a great class, but it just means those three guys on defense, the only guy other than Mike Mickens, who has just been a phenomenal at Notre Dame, you know, I just don't think those other three guys are dudes that have pulled their weight on the recruiting trail right now. And they need to. There's plenty of time to do so, but they need to get going. That's the big thing. Very fair. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's a that's a good one, Nathan. Very good one. From Archer says carry on Johnson claimed his his football career is over at age of 25 due to paying for military general Matt Patricia. Oh, playing for military general Matt Patricia. Should players force trades to sit out if their coach is a risk to their career? Yes, but that opens up such a can of worms, though. I mean, that's the reality of it. Is look. <clears throat> Should should you force traders sit out if it's a risk of your career? Yes, you should. Yeah. But you also have to understand that with that means you're you could potentially be sacrificing money if the team chooses not to trade you and you don't then you don't get paid. And that, but if you're thinking, hey, me doing this is going to save me because I'm going to be free agent in a year and it's going to help prolong my career on the back end. Okay, yeah. you're making that you're making that financial calculus, right? And that's fine. I support that. You have a right to do that. You have a right to not have to go to work. You just don't have a right to not go to work and still expect to get paid. You know, I mean, so how strong are you about that? How strong how willing are you to walk away because of a situation like that? So yes, if you genuinely feel that my my health is a risk because of the way this guy coaches, you should absolutely take a stand. And here's how you get it done. Get enough of your teammates to do it with you. We're we're all sitting out. This guy is yeah. this guy is this guy's this guy's he ain't it. And so to me, if 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 15 players said, hey, we're not playing for this guy, and and, and then made their case to the owner, you know what the owner would probably do? 
probably fire the coach. That's probably what he would do, or at least require some changes. You know. So, so I saw Archer said that he claims that playing for Patricia cost him two knee injuries and a neck injury. Why is that, Archer? Can you give me some context there? Is that no. playing? I, I'm confused on how he can blame the injuries on the coach. Like I, I genuinely well, just don't know. The here's how it could. Be. I don't know the specifics of the situation, but like, it, yeah. if there are certain, here's a couple different ways. Number one is you have a coach who says who demands that you get on the field. Coach, I'm, I'm my knees. No, no, freaking get out there. Stop right. doing whatever. Sure. Or a guy who has practices that are just above and beyond what they should be phys- physically. You know, I mean, there's things like that that he could do. He seems like uh, that or, type of guy. Or you hire a bad strength coach who doesn't know what he's doing. Look, guys, there's there's bad coaches at every level, and that includes yes. the NFL. Uh, you know, I mean, you you hear the Ravens people talking about how bad their strength program is and how it's cost them injuries and things like that. And I don't know if that's true or not, but you ha- it's this isn't an this isn't a thing that's like, like would su- surprise some people. So if it's something like that, then sure, yeah, sure. But if it's just I randomly got hurt three times, you know, and, and I blame that guy because he's a jerk. But I mean, I, I do believe there's times where it's like, look, this guy's doing things that are putting us at risk. Like yeah. there's more players stepping up and saying, hey, guys, stop taking shots to be able to play. I support that, actually. I, I, I do. And I know a lot of people won't agree with that. But look, if you're someone who says, hey, you know what? Playing every game is worth me basically being decrepit by the time I'm 40. That's, yeah. you, have, you have a right to make that decision. But if some guys are saying, hey, man, I'm not going to dull the pain and continue to do further damage to my body. So when I'm 35 years old, I can't pick up my child because right. my shoulders are shot. I'm not doing that. They have a right. They should have a right to do that, in my opinion. It's just long as, as long. But here's the problem. Anytime you go that route, there's going to be some knucklehead or knuckleheads. It's going to use that as the, exactly, yeah. you know, so then they get their money and then they sit out because I have a I have a. You know, I have a, a bruised pinky, so I right. can't play for the next four weeks, you sure. know. And so there's there's got to be limits to player power, right? But there also it – do, it doesn't need – it shouldn't be like it was 40 years ago either, Ryan. Yeah. Like we got to find a happy medium where you're – where the best way for these leagues to work, the best way for college football to work is where the, the, the people in charge are saying, we got to do things to protect the teams and we got to do things to protect the players. And yes. if we can find the best way to make both of them – as happy as we can, but also know that they're going to be upset about things and I'm doing my job. And that's the only way you can have a healthy, healthy organization, in my opinion. Like the NBA is way too player. There's way too much player power in the NBA. And I think it's hurt the product, in my opinion. It's unwatchable for me at this point in time. Other people will disagree. Uh, Yeah, other people (laughs) disagree to me, you know, and that's fine. But that's just my opinion. Sure. But at the same time, I don't think it should be like it was 40 years ago either, sure. you know. And so uh, you got to be able to find be able to find that happy medium, in my opinion. Well, well, I appreciate you, Archer, for giving a little bit of context. If people are kind of listening on on the on the podcast platform, he uh, kind of filled us in. It's it was more about the practices and you know, kind of Brian hinted at that a little bit. You know, is one thing that could be the potential, and then playing through injuries, playing through injuries, and. I mean, yeah, man. There's such a it's such a fine line between the you know kind of playing doing too much and then doing too little, right? I mean, but I, I would say this: just Matt Patricia's a doofus. Like <laughs> he's a doofus. Yes. I mean, that's just yes, all it is. is, right? I mean, so you know, Kerryon Johnson had a really terrible experience, and I'm very feel really bad <laughs> that he had to go through that, man. Because Matt Patricia is a doofus. But to yeah. your point, Brian, like there is a fine line between too much power yeah. in that situation. There is, yeah. there absolutely is. Cause people will yeah. take advantage of it, man. Like give them an inch. They'll take a mile. Like that's yeah. just kind of where it is. So yeah. I, I want to clear, I want to clear something up for some, well, we got to get back to, to, to uh, Nathan's. We didn't answer the second part of Nathan Milton's question Ooh. about the, uh, about the excuse, BK excuses. So we'll get back to that. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure that I wanted to clear this up here from Tom Burke real quick. So I know Brian doesn't like all green. I like it with gold letters. So, so let's make sure that we're clear on this. I said those 2015 uniforms that were all green looked really sweet in person. Uh, the problem was the letters were also like kind of that way or yeah. the numbers were, and you couldn't really see them. And so it was like, it was impossible to see them. Like they were, I think they were like blue, like dark blue. And they really blended with the green. And they're like, it, just, it was just, they looked really, they looked really bad. Actually, I'm going to look at the, uh, I'm going to try to find the, um, 
the uniforms for that because I'm trying to. I remember the numbers were like a dark. They were a dark color. Yeah, they were like dark. They were like blue with like gold trim. And so when you were far away, you couldn't see the names and the numbers on the back of their jerseys. But up close, they looked sweet. They were probably my favorite, like on the mannequin jerseys. That was my only thing. I have no problem with all green. It's just not something that I would do all the time. Right. That's because you can, you can do it right and you can do it wrong. I mean, I'm a Celtics fan. So I, I, all green uniforms. I, you know, I grew up liking that. It's just, you got to be able to see the numbers in the jerseys. And it was really hard to do that from there. In my opinion, let's go back to the second part of Nathan Milton's uh, question. And the question was, what excuses would Brian Kelly have used for 20 uh, for the 2022 season if still coaching at Notre Dame? So here's the thing about what I would say about it. I think if Brian Kelly was still the head coach at Notre Dame in 2022, they would have had a one game better record. And here's what I mean by that. I think they still beat Marshall and they'd still beat they'd beat Stanford. Because Brian Kelly didn't lose those games. Let's be honest; he did not lose to inferior opponents. But then I, but I also don't think they would have beat uh, Clemson, and I think they'd have got blown out by Ohio State. I mean, again, that's if I'm going to give him the prop, the positive track record for winning those games, and I can't then assume he's going to win these other games or even be competitive in games he was never competitive in. So, so they're so, going to be so in this hypothetical, you think that they're ten and three? They end up ten and three, and yeah. they lose to the three big pillar games that we talked correct, about. and have yeah. two of them are blowouts. Yes. Now his excuses would have been it. it, Look, they were a lot younger this year than they were in 21 when he constantly whined about how young the team was. So he would have, he, Oh, my quarter. Remember we've praised Marcus Freeman for never blaming Tyler Buckner's injury on their lack of success. And he had every reason to do so. Never once did it. Brian Kelly would have talked about that every (laughs) single chance he had. We're young. Our quarterback went down. We lost Avery Davis. We lost Joe Wilk. We lost all these guys. Of course, we're going to lose some games. It's, winning's hard. Winning's very hard. We'd have heard that crap all year. Marcus Freeman never made excuses for the games they lost. He owned it every time and then tried to fix it. So they'd had a better record, but his excuses would have been youth and injuries. Absolutely. Youth and injuries, in my opinion. 100%. You agree with that, Ryan? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Because that was always the thing about Brian Kelly. I mean, you, you hit on it perfectly. They're going to beat the teams they should, and they're not going to look overly competitive against the teams that they need to beat in order to take it to the next level. Ohio State just, would have destroyed Notre Dame in the opener if Brian Kelly was still the coach. Yeah, but they'd have come bounce so. back and beat Marshall. So, I mean, I guess that's the give and take is what would you rather have had? Yeah. You know, I you know that's... probably still wouldn't have looked overly impressive against Marshall, but they would have beaten Marshall, right? You yeah. Know, to your point. So, yeah. All right, next one. Here we go. Uh, let's go from – we had the one from Archer. Here, Here's a good one from uh, Eric Grant, Ryan. Eric says, what's your over-under on number of freshmen that see the field three and a half games, not counting mop-up time? I'm going over. I think we're going to see more than three and a half. Oh, three and a half players, I said. I said yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, three yeah. and a half. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say over because I think I'm going to include special teams in that. Yeah, But I think we're going to see at least one DB. Ryan play a decent amount this year. I think we're going to see at least one offensive skill player play this year. I think that we'll see at least one offensive and one front seven player play a lot this year on offense or in defense. And then I think we're going to see some other guys on special teams. So that's where I'm going with it. I'm going to, I'm going to say over. I would say slightly over, over on on players, but we, not including special teams. Slightly over, including special teams, definitely over. Yeah, I, I think wide receivers. You have one to two guys that will play a little bit this year. I think Jeremiah Love is a wild card to maybe potentially play some special teams this year for Notre Dame when he gets on campus. I think that a yeah, I agree. The defensive backfield, Christian Gray or Ben Minich in some capacity where that is special teams so that's four right there and I'm, I'm not even going to like devin houston who's a possibility right and yeah so i'll go over as well yeah that's where i'm at so I, i'm gonna go over on that one and then if you on. have and if you have if your injuries to tight end don't get better or someone goes down i mean don't count out cooper flanagan you know what? that's a little another bit. one ryan <laughs> yeah. yeah as a blocker yeah, yeah he could he's a guy that i could see playing as a freshman even if tight ends don't get hurt he could be your best blocker as a true freshman 
Yeah. Because I, mean, I mean, right right now it's a it's a I mean with Kevin Bauman hurt and who knows when Eli Raritan gets back and I think Bauman will be back for spring, but he's yeah. just constantly injured. Yeah. yeah. So if he if he has suffers any setback or he gets injured again, then and Eli Raritan is not ready to go early in the season. I mean, unless you're going to play Holden Stace every snap at second tight end, which like you know fine, but like there's going to be some opportunities on goal lines, especially where you're probably going to have three tight ends at the game also. So, right. Yeah. All right. Let's go here. From Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker. He said, Peyton Bowen, before the drama, or Justin Scott, you can have one. Who are you taking and why? Thank you guys for a great show as always. This is so easy for me. It's Josh, it Scott. is. Yeah, <laughs> easy. It's, and, and it's nothing against Peyton Bowen. Peyton Bowen is a dynamic football player. We talked about him a lot last cycle before he decommitted. Our opinion of him as a football player doesn't change because he's an yeah. immature kid who did acted silly and, yeah. and made a poor decision and did it the wrong way. Doesn't mean he's still he's still a five star player. He's yeah. still a great talent. He's still the second best safety in the class behind Caleb Downs. In my opinion. Justin Scott brings dyna- a dynamic elements up front, and he also gives you something you need a lot more of, and that's size. And he yeah. hits both those both those points. And yeah, and also, I mean, I'll say this too, Ryan. I think some people might you know not care about this or as much as I do, but it's also an extremely bad look if you let a Chicago kid get out of Chicago yes. and not go to Notre Dame. It's a terrible a, look. A Catholic school kid yes. in Chicago. It's but like you lost Catholic. a Texas kid who stayed in the, you know, stayed down sure. there. Like sure. Friends going to Oklahoma, whatever. Right. Your right. best, his best friends going to Oklahoma, like all that stuff. Sure. Whatever. There's some stuff there, yeah. but if you let a Chicago kid who you yeah. need, who you is a priority for you, get out of Chicago. It's not a good look, man. It's and even for like even all that aside, that's all great points. Even that aside, yeah. I, I've, 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 guys, I've been consistent about this as long as y'all have known me. If I have to choose between an elite defensive lineman and an elite safety, I'm taking the elite defensive lineman every single time. Yeah, every time. Right, every time. That's just that's just the way the game is played, in my opinion. It's just the way the game is played. Yeah. And what I like both elite at both. Now, see, again, now, when Notre Dame gets to where they need to get to. They get both. Exactly. Right. But if I can only pick one, I'm especially an interior guy. So yeah, I'm taking and, and again J- Peyton Bowen, all he he's still a great talent. There's yes. no doubt about it. Oh, he's yeah. a, he was a legit five star player. Like he was oh, yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's an so insured by Big Ryan is an is a I believe one of the LSU fans on the site. So uh, is that some good questions? I really think this is an interesting one, Ryan, because I actually have some answers for this one. So why don't you go ahead and read this one? And, and uh, yeah. And the the question from insured by big is if Notre Dame didn't exist, what are one or two teams per conference? Wait, what are, what one or two teams per conference could you see yourself being a fan of? Thanks fellas. Have a blessed. Yeah. This is a good one. Like I actually have thoughts on this. So yeah. because of different errors, so like ACC, uh, North Carolina would be one. I just, the uniforms are sweet. I, I've always liked the Tar Heels, you know, because I've yeah. kind of grown up. Like Sean Davis and I were talking the other day. We were talking about like our favorite point guards growing up because Sean and I are very similar in age. I think he's like maybe like a year or two older than me. We're very similar age. So we grew up in the same era. And we're talking about our favorite point guards because the reason we were talking about it is because Adrian Autry just got hired as the head coach of Syracuse. And I was a big Adrian Autry fan. So so uh, Syracuse is my other ACC team because of basketball. I loved watching Syracuse as a, as a, as a kid playing basketball. Now, I was ended up being a Michigan fan in basketball because of Glenn Rice and then the Fab Five and all that when I was still, still actually followed back college basketball. But if I didn't go with them, it would have been Syracuse. I loved Syracuse growing up. And Adrian Autry was one of my – for whatever reason, was one of my favorite players. And the other one was King Rice. I don't know if you remember King Rice played for for uh, no. North Carolina back in the day, and then Sean's was Chris Corciani, right? So like that's you know you know who are you pretending to be when you're out there? I was to me I'm Adrian Autry, you know, because I was point guard. And so, um, you know, or I'm King Rice or whatever. So those two teams in the ACC would have been mine. Who who would your ACC teams be, Ryan? Man, that's a tough one. ACC. I like North Carolina's uniforms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like North Carolina's uniforms, so they might be one of them. One of them. Man, don't like Miami. <laughs> don't like Florida State. Um, 
Ooh, I probably would have went something obscure. Like maybe I just would have stayed in the Carolinas both and been like NC State Wolfpack fan because of Torrey Holt growing up. Like I love Torrey Holt as a player, yeah. as a Rams fan. So yeah. NC State, I guess. I don't yeah. know, man. That's, That's a good not a good conference for me. That's a good <laughs> so, one. And uh, basketball, you'd have had some stuff. You'd have had yes. some teams to root for in basketball. So they had some some good years. Yep. SEC. Uh, for me, that's easy. Also, it'd be Tennessee and Florida. I liked both of those teams growing up. Spur, I love Spurs' offense, and I don't know what it is about Tennessee's uniforms and the checkered the checkered end zone. Those probably would have been the two that I would. I've never liked Georgia very much for some reason, and I don't like any of the teams in the SEC West. To be honest with you, I never have. But I'd, Tennessee and Florida would be the two that would would maybe I could see myself being a fan of one of those two teams. I, I feel like I would probably like Georgia a little bit. I think if I you grew up in my era, Ryan, I promise yeah. you, you'd be a Florida guy. <laughs> no, I'm so. serious. Cause like you'd have really liked Spurrier. You, yeah. You'd have loved what they did offensively. And yeah, I think you, and you'd have liked the, the brashness that he had. I think yeah. that's who I think you'd have liked Florida. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think the Steve Spurrier Washington Redskin days may have uh, tarnished him for a minute. <laughs> and then he made up for it by being phenomenal South Carolina. That's I very mean, true. Very but true. well, the other thing too is is I probably would have leaned towards Tennessee because the one beef I had with Spurrier all those years is he was a he was a bit of a chicken when it came to playing out of conference. Wouldn't play Miami, wouldn't travel up north. Where Tennessee, they'd play Notre Dame. I mean, they they travel, they'd go play, they'd play teams. So I'd, I, if I had to pick between those two, I'd probably go Tennessee for me. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I'd probably go Georgia, and then man, the second one's tough. Like I just switched to South Carolina when Lou got hired there, though. South Carolina's a good one because <laughs> they, they were got a, hired there. Yeah, they yeah. they were a fun team when I was a little younger too. Because I remember you know when Lou took over there, and like they were really bad when he first got when he first got there, and then they've got like Sidney Rice and like those dudes. Yeah. You're like, okay, all right, so sure, let's go with South Carolina. Let's go Big Ten, Ryan. Who, who would your team – this is actually harder because I have so much disdain for so many Big Ten teams. This would be a little bit harder. So, I mean, growing up until the Sandusky era, it probably would have been Penn State, to be honest. Yeah. They probably would have been one for me. I could not stand Joe Paterno. It, it's it's more of a regional thing. There's yeah. a lot of Penn State fans where I'm at. And then my grandfather was also a big Penn State fan. Yeah. So I probably would have liked him until the whole Sandusky scandal happens. But What's funny is a lot of my teams would have been because of basketball. I, yeah. it, I the, When I was a kid, the fly in Illini, I liked – I like the I like the I'm picking up a bit of an orange and blue pattern. I'm a Broncos fan like, out of Syracuse, yours. Illinois. Maybe maybe <laughs> I found I found the secret sauce there for that you, one. You didn't you didn't pick Syracuse in the ACC though, which are the literally the orange men. So I did, yeah. I oh, did. You, did, you picked Syracuse? Yeah, I said because we picked two. I said I said North Carolina and Syracuse, and I said oh. talking about Adrian Autry and I love oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, gotcha, you gotcha, were zoning gotcha. out, still thinking of who your teams were going to be at that. Seriously, point. man, the ACC was the toughest conference for me so far. It was a tough one. Uh, Big Second Ten, team. Illinois would be one, and yeah. the Big Ten because I just dislike so many teams in the Big Ten. I just, I just do. Oh, oh, it's easy one for me. I don't know what I'm thinking. Rutgers, Rutgers, <laughs> Rutgers would be another one. Yeah, regionally, yeah. it would be. But they're still a new ACC team. That's just still kind of seems a bit lame to me. I'm trying to think of who else would I be. You I, know, I remember the Greg Schiano fun though man they were fun the first graciano years not yeah. these great years <laughs> i'd probably go purdue next probably be my next one in the big 10 okay. big 12 so i mean are kansas we in- state would be one for yeah. me kansas i remember Dar- i remember darren sproles when i was younger yeah. and then i love deuce vaughn now michael like, bishop yeah. was one for me when he was younger yeah that's a good yeah. one kansas state a good one won. oklahoma big- state honestly too i really like People hate him and think he's like a, a goof and stuff, and he is. But I, I like Mike Gundy. Yeah. I did. I, I mean, some of those wide receivers they had, like Justin Blackman. I was on the was the best player. college football player I've ever seen in my life. Played for Oklahoma State. Oh, so, Barry Sanders. Oh yeah, yeah. not yeah. Even close. Not and he close. Fo- and he followed Thurman Thomas, who's yeah, in the Hall of Fame. It's just insane. I yeah. know it is nuts. It's quite a backfield there. <laughs> uh, Big Twelve for me. I mean, obviously, Ryan, you know where I'm going to go with this one to begin. Where, where's every other choice I've made been about? It's been about oh, basketball. Texas, you're a Longhorn no, guy. No, 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 no. It's been about basketball. Oh, I, th- I thought you were talking about the orange again. No, no, no. It's been about basketball. basketball. Uh, and and so uh, it's Kansas. Yeah, oh, I gosh. mean, I grew up. I loved Roy. You know, the, I still remember the year Danny Manning led him to a title. I was very young then, but I always Rayful of France, Rex Chapman. Uh, what was his name? Adonis Jordan. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacques Vaughn couldn't shoot a Jacques lick, Vaughn. but I loved watching yeah. Jacques Vaughn play. <laughs> he was tough, man. He was Paul tough. Pierce was so smooth in college, man. Like uh, just all the years, I've always liked. Kansas He's smooth teams. in the NBA too, Paul Pierce. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I had a little little. Um, so the second day, as a married man, my wife and I were staying in a hotel watching Kansas beat Memphis in the NCAA championship. So, nice. uh, yeah, so I, I, Kansas probably would have been my team. I don't know who my other Big 12 team would have been, to be honest with you. It's, it's just not a lot of Big 12 teams I have feel any kind of way for, to be honest with you. Pac-12 is easy for me. It's UCLA and uh, is, is definitely number one. And I don't know yeah. what it is, but I've always liked I've always liked um, Arizona uh, for some reason. I just Maybe it's the uniforms. But, like, I still remember the, Red, the, the Desert Swarm defense under Dick yeah. Tomey. Remember back in the day? So that those probably would have been my would have my been would one. be U, Utah would be number one for me like easily I wouldn't even think about it Utah and yeah. Washington would probably yeah. be the other one I, I don't know what it is about those uniforms man I'm not a purple guy but like I like Washington's uniforms I really do I don't yeah. know why yeah yeah they, and they've had they could the gold the gold I think is a nice compliment to the purple I do yeah. especially when they go gold helmets like when I was a kid they had the purple helmets and I didn't I didn't like those very much I like the gold helmets. I like it better when they go with the gold helmet. So yeah, at Washington would be in that conference. UCLA is an easy one though for me though. That's an easy one for me. UCLA's Stanford cool. maybe when I was a kid just because of John Elway. I mean that, sure. that maybe, but I don't even think then I would have really cared much about Stanford. It would probably Washington would be in the conversation. If I'm picking now, like if Notre Dame just you know when Father Jenkins, if they start paying players, we're not going to do this anymore. Notre Dame just bowed out of playing football anymore. I'd look at Oregon State. I love what Jonathan Smith is doing there. I would I would watch that team play. I had some pretty good memories of it, of like Steven Jackson and stuff growing up too. Steven Jackson was an animal, man. <laughs> that guy was insane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those, those are fun. Those are fun. Um, it's, uh, he said, uh, insured by big says, sorry for the PTSD with the big 10. I don't have PTSD. I just, there's just not a lot of likable programs. Like, uh, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, Michigan basketball, but I've always hated Michigan football. I just hated Michigan football and I don't Hate particularly Michigan. care much for most Michigan fans. Michigan State, maybe, but I, I don't know what it was. Michigan I just, State's I, not a bad one. Michigan State's not a bad one. I didn't one. like George Perlis or Judd Heathcott growing up. They just were like these old grumpy guys, and I just couldn't I couldn't get around that. And then Tom Izzo, like just the brand of basketball he'd play. I mean, he's a great coach, but just that brand of basketball that when you're practicing basketball with shoulder pads and a helmet on, that's not basketball I enjoy, man. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like I hated the Pistons. And this, yeah, they had great players, but this is an ugly brand of basketball, What they the yeah. way that they played, in my opinion. I just didn't like it. They, you know, they so used like, to have I, some... there's just there's no sexy teams. There's no there's just nobody that gets me fired up in the Big Ten. You know, so Michigan, Michigan State and Notre Dame had some nice battles in like the mid late 2000s. Yeah. Oh, I, I love I, that I like as a rivalry. Teams. Yeah, I, I have a great deal of respect for Michigan State in that regard as an institution for how they you know they fought for Notre Dame and all that. Yeah. I, I would absolutely want them on my schedule. I don't yeah. I don't hate Michigan State. I just I don't know if I could be a fan of Michigan State. Like if I if it came down I had to pick them or Michigan, it's an easy it's a no-brainer. It's Michigan I, State. I, I used to like uh I used to like Drew Stanton, even though he yeah. beat Notre Dame that one time, man. He was a yeah. tough quarterback, man. Somebody said Iowa. I was a good one because as a kid, Iowa had a quality program that those, you know, I, I always liked the big hawk on their helmet and yeah, you know, and they had some good basketball teams back in the day under Dr. Davis, Dr. Tom Davis. Never knew what he was a doctor of, but remember they would call him Doctor Tom Davis. Maybe he actually um, wasn't a doctor. AC Earl. They had some good teams back then. Uh, yeah, was it uh, Roy Marble? They had some good teams back in in basketball. Again, all my choices are off basketball because I just because I never cared much about Notre Dame's basketball team. So I think yeah. that's where I always was open to rooting for another team. Uh, Florida State was a when I was a kid, I used to love wearing Florida State stuff because I I was like. For what I don't know why I don't even remember if I saw him play, but I was their baseball team was really good. And I followed their baseball team, and as a kid, I was really into baseball. So I had some Florida I, State years as a kid, but it's for baseball, not for football or basketball. I did. I, they had a great. They had one of my favorite teams though is the Bob Sura Charlie Ward basketball team. I really liked watching that team play. Iowa's another good one. I didn't even think about Iowa. Uh, do you remember Albert Young, who played running back for Iowa back in the day? Yeah, like early two thousands. That long ago. He, yeah. He he played um he played township ball in the same spot as me i didn't play with him because he was like a couple years older than me but i remember he was like the guy in my area man he went to morristown high school here in new jersey and it was like oh my god albert young like he was like that type of dude you know yeah somebody said indiana two reasons i couldn't root for indiana number one is their football team has always stunk and they they're boring And, and i was never a fan of bobby knight like bobby knight was a phenomenal coach but like his antics on the side, a little too like abrasive some, for you. <laughs> some of, no, it's not even that. It's just 
like some of the stuff you got that people hammer him for now, I'm like, just stop. Like, you know, yeah. like that's how coaches were back then. It was a different era. I hate when people put like modern sensibilities back on, you know, things Th- that throw, throw in the chair on it's, the, it's on the stuff like that, that yeah. bother me. It's, it's yeah. the, you know, he would cuss people out and just, you know, he in like, cause he knew no one could do anything about it. I just, I, I never, I never respected that very much, but phenomenal basketball coach, phenomenal yeah. basketball coach. It's just, that wasn't my style. I just, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't root for that. Like, you know, like you said, the throw in the chair, just some of, some of the antics were so over the top, like in yeah. press conferences and stuff like that. It's just like, oh man, I can't, I couldn't root for that. I couldn't root for that. And, and, you know, but I can also still respect that he was a phenomenal basketball coach. Uh, no, no one can doubt that. No one can doubt coach. that. And I, I don't like the way that they ran him out. I thought that was, to me, was bull crap. To be honest, remember when he went to Texas Tech after that, and right? it got him good so, again. Yeah, yeah and it got him good again. Yeah. So yeah. tried to hand it over to his son. That just never works. Nah, just not never usually. Works. Not usually. Just never works. All right, got a last couple, Ryan, and we're gonna get we're gonna get out of here. Here's here's a here's one for you. I'll read this one from John A. One. One for Ryan. Did the Panthers do enough this week in free agency to support a rookie quarterback? With adding Aiden Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders, along with re-signing interior offensive lineman Bradley Bozeman, well, I, I think. I mean, John, I, I would say this, right? Offensive line-wise, I like the fact that the Panthers just said we're going to re-sign our guys and we're going to keep that thing intact, right? Because they have a pretty good offensive line. Like they played pretty well last year from the offensive line perspective. I like the addition of Miles Sanders. All due respect to Deontay Foreman last year, who was a good football player for them during the year. If Deontay Foreman could have the success he had behind that offensive line, I think Miles Sanders could have a lot more success. So I think mm-hmm. he's going to do a good job there. The The key for the Panthers is whoever the quarterback is, you need to get start getting some weapons on the outside. That's like my only quarrel with it is that you did – I mean, Hayden Hurst is a, t- a solid you know, secondary tight end, right? Like it's fine. But you need to get a legitimate tight end in, in that room, and you need to get some guys outside. Because without DJ Moore – you're betting on guys like Terrace Marshall to be the guy. And could he be a, a nice secondary option? It's possible, yes. but I don't think he's a number one receiver. Like that's kind of where we are with that conversation. So yeah, that's the that's the point where I think you nailed it right there, Ryan. Before you move on, I think you nailed that. Yeah. They, they, they in the NFL, I mean, if you're gonna have a young quarterback, you need a guy they can really depend on. Yeah. And Terrace Marshall's a nice number three receiver, maybe number two in time. But I mean, yeah. they don't have anybody coming back from their roster that had 500 yards receiving it, last year. It's like Terrace LaVisca Marshall, Shai Smith. Disappointment. Yeah. 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 And I thought he was going to be better. They're okay at tight end, but it's like they're just not that. Like you said, the though, tight ends they, are not very productive. They don't have a lot of talent. And, and Hayden Hurst, tra- basically, you traded Hayden Hurst for DJ Moore. Look at it that way. And that's not a positive for them. In my yeah. Opinion. Meaning who's off the roster and who's on the roster. You sure. lost DJ Moore and you replaced him with with Hayden Hurst. That's not a that to me, that's not a necessarily a net gain. You, in my you need to hit on a couple couple pieces as far as around whoever the quarterback is at one somehow. You need to find a couple guys, whether that's in the do they even have a second-round pick now? I don't even know if they do. Like, you need to find a couple secondary pass options at least. I mean, it ha- if you're not going to have a true number one receiver, which you're most likely not unless you find a big, big, like, underrated guy, I don't know, you still need to find a couple decent receivers to put around C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever they end up picking. Like, right now, it's you're depending on Shai Smith. You're depending on LaVisca Chenault in, to be the secondary weapons next to Terrace they Marshall. They still have number 39, Ryan. Okay, because the second round pick that they gave up this year was the one they got from San Francisco. Gotcha. So, so best wide uh, receiver, yeah. tight end available at thirty nine yeah. has to be has to be. Yeah. So they have they still have they have the number one pick, number thirty nine, and then they pick again at ninety three. So there's still at least a couple chances, and 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 they have uh they have two picks in round four. So yeah, even though they gave up a lot, there's still some chances for them to get some guys. You know, if if you but you got here's the thing you got it you better hit it you better hit it well. And I think there's some receivers and that they could draft at, at 39 that could be good football players. I, I, I think if they're going to step in a day one, good yeah. football players, you know what I, I mean? I, I think that for me, the dream scenario is quarterback. And then Joshua downs is there at number 39. I think that would be a fantastic, I mean, cause he plays a little bit like DJ Moore. I think that that would be a very really thick, but yeah. 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 Well, not, not as thick, but he, he excels in the air more than you would think he would really mm-hmm. good body control. And then he's got that explosiveness. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that he would be a home run pick at 39. If he was there, I really like that yeah. spot. Yeah. 39 is not a bad place to pick. If you need a skill player, 
Yeah. Or an Especially offensive in this draft. Especially yeah, in this draft. Exactly. Exactly. And there'll still be some guys in the 90s that you could, you know, that you'll be able to find and, and some gems there at certain spots if you need to. There right, we got a couple super chats, Ryan, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here real quick. After those, we have one from Nathan Milton. Milton's question is, "What player?" Sorry, Nathan, I'm yes, calling you Milton because Milton for the fan. super chat, Nathan. Yeah, appreciate it. What players would you move to different positions on the roster? Well, you know one. I mean, you know <laughs> one already, and and yeah. and that's Clarence Lewis from corner to safety. I'd yeah. flat out make that move right now. I don't know if there's another one that like hits me in the face. If you're going to talk like Michael Carmody from center to guard, I mean, that's a position move. I mean, that's, that's one I would make that move. I would give him a chance to compete at guard. There's, there's not a ton. I mean, you know, if, if Tyson Ford's an end, I'd, I'd consider moving him to a three technique. I'd move Aiden Gobira from Viper to big end. Like, you know, that, that I count that as a position switch. I'd move John Maka back to Mike. Yeah. That's one I would do. And they they already moved. They already moved Riley Mills back to three techs. So like, that's one I would have made. Yeah. 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 Those are, those are ones that's, that's where I would look if it was up to me. And then we have a, uh, M rock with a super chat here as well. And their question uh, is can 2023 Notre Dame level stat line, IE low red zone D versus high stats elsewhere. I'm not quite sure what the, yeah, question is asking. I mean, to me, I looking at it maybe from the standpoint of look in, improving that yeah. area. I get perhaps. I mean, uh, I th- is he saying it's leveling out? So maybe a couple yeah. high stats go down, but you you get more of like a consistency yeah. across. The I board? think what you need I, to do is you need to stay good at where you're good. Yeah, like agree. to me, because if you're if you're not as good here, but you're better here, then you're pretty much in the same spot. Sure. Yeah, I'd rather be really good at something and then maybe not good at something else than just be kind of mediocre at both. Yeah. So I think the really the key, if that's where we're going with the question, to me, um, uh, to me, I would say I would look at it and say, hey, I want to, I want to kind of see. I would, I would kind of, kind of pull it out that way, right? I, d- say, I definitely hey, don't want to level off on strengths. I definitely don't want to level right. off. You know, that's not right. how you win in my opinion, right? Like you maintain and the good and you increase the bad, right? Or increase the right. less than average type of stuff, you know? Right. So those are definitely areas where I would, uh, where I would look at it for sure. For sure. Um, so people, people keep asking about uh, a new commitment. It's not a commitment from a, um, it's a, it's a walk on. So it's, um, uh, Eric Lindstrom. So I don't, I don't have an opinion of him right this second. Is it 2024 or 2023 kid, 23 kid. So, yeah, but, um, I, I don't, I don't have an opinion. So Ryan, if, if you, you want to kind of, if there's any other questions here, oh, we have another question here. So I'm going to pop in some film, but this is not a, this is not a scholarship kid. This is a walk-on, which is fine. I, hey, look, Ryan, Notre Dame's up in their walk-on game in a big yes. way. I'm, I'm happy about that, so, but I just not going to have immediate film of every walk-on kid that commits. So Ryan, yeah. if you want to read and address this question and I'll quickly pop in some film and share some thoughts on what I see from this kid as we're, as we're talking. Okay. Yep. Um, let me take a look and see what we have. I thought I, I saw. Sorry, I started. I didn't bring it up. Here we go. I'm sorry. Yeah. So from Team Mill, my fault. No, you're fine. Brian Ryan have not been to a home game in the Bend since 2016. Missed the Clemson game last year. Deciding between USC and Ohio State. Which game and why? And where should I sit tailgate at? That's a good question. Um, well, I, uh, T, let, can I ask Team Mill to answer a question first, and then I'll yeah. let you answer it, Ryan. Yep. Uh, my first question is, is have you ever been to a USC Notre Dame game before? So while Ryan's answering his, if you could let me know that T-Mill, I'm very curious about that because that's going to impact my answer a little bit. Well, my my answer was actually going to be USC because that's just more of a – it's not as much a rivalry as it once was because you don't play them as consistent as you once did, right? But I, and, but I think that you're in a situation now where Notre Dame should be good, USC should be a good team. And that history matters, in my opinion, right? And I think that we have trouble sometimes from a home game perspective of getting fans like, you know, like, let's go excited about coming to a game. I don't think you have to do that. I mean, you probably don't have to do that either one of those games, but like USC especially, like most Notre Dame fans hate USC. Like that's just kind of where it is, right? right? So just for the environment, I would probably lean to USC, but I mean, 
you end up going to Ohio State, that's not a bad game to be at, obviously. Yeah. Uh, for me, he says he has not been to a Notre Dame. So if for me, if you've never been to a Notre Dame USC game, then you you it's the USC game. I mean, because yeah. it's this year's USC game is going to be unlike a lot of past years. This is what I liked about last year. Yeah, it didn't work out well for Notre Dame, but I'd much rather play USC when they're good. Right. For me, I, I I have, but that's the that's the rivalry game, right? That is Notre Dame's biggest rival is USC, and if you have a chance to go to to one of those games and definitely definitely go, and it sounds like since you haven't been since 2016, it's not like you're going to a bunch of games. You could say Ohio State because they don't play Ohio State a whole lot, right? And so there's the, but to me, it's like part of the tradition of Notre Dame is, hey, I've been to a Navy game, I've been to Notre Dame Navy, I've been to Notre Dame Michigan, I've been to Notre Dame USC, like those are the rivalry games. I've been to Notre Dame Michigan State, I've been to Notre Dame Purdue. Notre Dame Ohio State's pretty cool, but it's just kind of like, but it doesn't have that same traditional feel. So for yeah. me, I would say that. And then financially speaking, it's probably going to be a lot cheaper for you to buy a ticket to the USC game. I mean, it's <laughs> just being true. honest. Very true. And there's going to be a lot of scarlet and gray in the stadium that day because a lot of Notre Dame fans are going to do what they always do. And they're going to sell. I mean, we can say, hey, I hope that they don't. But they will. They will. Because Ohio State fans are going to pay big bucks to get to that game. There's no doubt. And Notre Dame fans are going to sell their tickets. And and a lot of Ohio State fans are going to buy them online because there's not a way to you know limit that the way that Notre Dame yeah. does it. So yeah, I I would say the USC game. Just if you've never been to a Notre Dame USC game, that that'd be my pick. So yeah, uh, and it, depending on which part of Virginia you live in, I would encourage you to maybe consider driving up. My parents drive up from Virginia when they come up for games. It's not that bad of a drive, it, especially if you're in Northern Virginia and you can cut a couple hours off of it. It's it's not a bad drive, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would say USC would be the one for me. That would be the one for me. So uh, watch a little bit of Lidstrom, Eric, uh, or uh, Ryan. You know, good. He's a he's a teammate of Benedict Uma. Oh, nice. So Ume, yeah. yeah. He's from Avon Old Farms. So that's the one thing I noticed when I was watching the film. He's a good walk-on. He's tall. He's a little, you know, six three-ish, maybe six two and a half, six three. Not as not the six four he's listed as. I don't think position. Uh, yeah, defensive end, edge, like Viper type of kid. You know, high That's motor cool. kid, decent get off. You know, okay frame. He's listed at two hundred pounds. He's probably 10, 200, 205 pounds. Uh, you know, quality athlete. You know, great motor. Uh, uses his hands okay. He's a nice. He's a quality walk-on. He's a quality walk-on. Yeah, he's a quality walk on. I I, I oh. like that. It's it's a it's a good walk on. He's not the kind of he's not Luke Talich. He's not Jordan Faison. He's not Henry yeah. Garrity, in my sure. opinion. But he's a good walk on. He's a good walk on. So uh and, and gives you some good depth there. Kid that's gonna play his butt off down on the scout team and and maybe be a special teams guy down the road. So yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good, good pick. Good pick. Yeah, and if you if you're Roanoke, um yeah, it should it should take you a little less than 12 hours from Roanoke, depending on where. Yeah. I mean, so but I've I've made that drive. It's 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 a hike, but yeah. Uh, USC game would be the one that I would say to go to. Plus, it'll be a little bit cooler. And I just kind of I don't know. There's just something about there being a little bit of a nip in the air when Notre Dame plays football that just makes me feel like I'm at a Notre Dame game. You know sure. what I mean? Like I don't know what it is, but it just it's just kind of kind of how I feel. You know what I mean? So I, I, I like that one. So anyway, so Ryan, that's going to do it for today's show. That's a, that's a good question. Um, so obviously we, we, we were able to break down a little bit, Eric Litch from Eric, Ryan, you'll be able to watch them and, and talk about them on the message board, but that's why you need to talk about this. We need to be on the message board. So for a second there, when they were talking about uh, there's, they're talking about Eric Lindstrom committed. I was like, are they getting the name wrong? Like, are, was it really the, the kid Callum? from, Calum yes, Lindstrom. that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like maybe they got the name wrong, and I'm like, hold on a second. I didn't think that kid was about to commit, so I thought I thought it was Kellen Lindstrom that they were talking about. And I was like, wow, that's that's a surprise, you know. Uh, Al Washington getting a nice pick. That, that's an interesting kid. That kid, by the way, he's very toolsy, very toolsy, but just he, doesn't he make has, a ton of plays. You know, it's like yeah. he's got some ability. Man, six six, two forty, really good burst. He's got some upside. But he's got some. He's got some Joey Bosa esque. Yeah. Yeah. vibes to him yeah, yeah i agree style of play wise for sure yes. so that's, i was like well that's a good pickup but it was it's eric lindstrom so uh i was that's why i was a little bit thrown off by that one so i was like okay there we go all right ryan well that's going to do it everybody for today's show hey folks hit that like button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell if you have not signed up for this pod for our message board at boards.irsbreakdown.com you are missing out i'm telling you right now you are uh definitely do that at boards.irsbreakdown.com you can sign up for 4.99 for a monthly membership or 4.99 for $49.99 for an annual membership 
Or if you just want to support us above and beyond that, we also have the booster clubs, which come with cool perks like a free IB mug club uh, or an I or an IB uh, gold club T-shirt if you sign up for the gold club. If you're someone who's not really a message board person, but you want to support us financially, you don't have to be on the message board. You can just sign up for a membership and then that'll help you out. And then I don't say what they are because I don't want to promise it till I can deliver it. But there's some other perks that uh, we're going to have here, hopefully this summer, that'll come uh, uh, that'll come with uh, an annual membership as well. So definitely want to take advantage of that. So anyway, for Ryan, I'm Brian. Have a great rest of your day, folks. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. And of course, we'll be back with you again here soon. We will not have a rapid fire today at five o'clock because Sean Styers is doing the women's basketball game, but uh, he'll he'll be back at it on Monday. And uh, Ryan, you're going to have a special draft episode tomorrow. Do you have a time when that's going to be? It's going to go live. Eight eight o'clock, I believe. Eight o'clock p.m. Yes, yes. So tomorrow night, eight o'clock p.m. on CFB Nation, uh, Ryan is going to have a live NFL draft show. Ryan, what are you guys going to be? Are you going to be doing your mock? Is that what you're going to be doing? We're going to be doing an updated mock now that the Carolina Panthers have the number one overall pick. I haven't done a mock draft since that trade trade happened, so – uh, so, uh, you did a mock Thursday night and I was like, you know what, I'm going to hold off on this and put it up Saturday. And then by Friday afternoon, that mock was null and void because of that big trade with the Panthers. So he's going to get back to, is it just going to be you or are you going to have a guest with you on Saturday night? Might have a special guest, okay. but still waiting on confirmation. To Very that. cool. Very cool. I look forward to definitely checking that out. So that's going to be live on the CFB nation YouTube channel, eight o'clock. So definitely make sure you check that out. And uh, that's why you should be subscribed to that to that channel. So anyway, for Ryan, I'm Brian. Have a great rest of your day, folks. And thank you for being with us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.